Hello and welcome to Movie Grouch and Fanboy Podcast. My name is Bex. I am a big old stinking movie grouch. Except not today. Today I am uber, uber fangirl, which makes a nice change actually. I can't grumble. It's just me here. There's no fanboy today. Blake is downstairs telling me whether I've got COVID or not because uh, someone's feeling poorly. Yeah, it's starting to feel a bit rough today, so I've just done a lateral flow and I'm hoping... <laughs> Given that we've got the uh, the movie screening on, on Monday, I'm really, really fucking hoping that I'm okay to go. Otherwise, I'm going to probably just do a bit of crying. So yeah, I'm here to introduce the interview that we did with Mr Ian Boldsworth back in, oh, it's a little while ago now. I think it was back in August. I don't know, summer when you work in a university. It always flies by really quick, but I think it I think it was sort of August, early September time. Ian was awesome. We had a really, really great chat. So I've not really edited it very much just because it, it I think it would have affected the flow it wouldn't have sounded as as fun and as natural as it was which was which was really nice so amongst talking about obviously the Parapod movie and how that came about and various aspects of shooting and making a film on such a low budget and making an independent movie on such a low budget we chat about the creative process sort of problem solving troubleshooting and just how awesome it is when you back yourself we talk about star wars um we have a little chat about other favorite movies and we talk about meeting rihanna just a reminder as to what is happening this week because we've got extra episodes coming out so you've got the ian episode today we're hopefully going to go and see the film in bristol and what we'll do is we'll do like a little review of the movie and have a chat about it so kind of like usual format as much as that will allow when we both love a movie and we've both seen it before and then on friday we've got the interview with that we did with barry so yeah so a whole week of parapod stuff just a reminder as well that most of the screenings are done now i think majority of all the screenings are done now or sold out but the parapod a very british ghost hunt is available on itunes amazon google play sky store and rakuten we did have a conversation about how to pronounce that so i hope i've said that correctly it's yeah you can get it you can stream it now and you know it's, it's a great movie like it's great for this time of year because it's starting to get autumnal and halloweeny and it's just so so funny so yeah uh, enjoy the interview and we'll catch you later this week see you later bye Do you remember the movie Silent, the Silent Hill movie? Yeah. Yeah. When they made the movie of that. I went to see that and got to the cinema quite early, went to the actual screen and said to the person outside, can we go in yet? Or, and she went, oh yeah, yeah, just the, the trailers are on. And we went in and sat down. I was watching, I was like, these are pretty intense trailers. This is a bit extreme. And and it was the fucking end of the film. <gasps> it was oh. the screening oh, before it. So we watched the, the last five minutes of the film. And went, well, that's knackered. That's ruined it. Yeah. <gasps> that's so shocking. Yeah, yeah. Really bad. Really bad. That is shit. That's really good. We did. Uh, so we did Godfather 2 last week. And I okay. can really hold a grudge. So yeah, I was yeah. saying, we were talking about like, I could be, I'd be really good in the mafia because I just wouldn't forget anything. Um, right. But that actually, that's, that's some pretty good going. Yeah. But that's, you, but you could mean, also be in the mafia. Film now? Oh, that, it's, it's a while. That's yeah. a long time ago. It's yeah. about four it's or five houses. Yeah. 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 That is a grudge. Yeah. That is a boycott. Yeah, totally. yeah. That's yeah. serious. And, and so. Imagine if it was Citizen Kane or Seven. <laughs> <laughs> like, proper killer, wasn't it? 
amazing. Luckily, it was just the shit film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I actually have fond memories of it. Well, I, I don't because of that thing. I don't recall. I, like, I love the games of Silent Hill. I yeah. really like but, um, but yeah, I don't uh, I don't recall the film making any impact on me at all, but that could be because I saw the ending before I watched the movie. Have you seen the movie? Have you yeah. seen the movie? We, saw the, we came to okay. Bristol already yeah. on the first attempt to get this film out, and then we'll, yeah. we'll be at the next one in Bristol, which is yeah. when we'll put this out. We just okay. don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't and seen, seen it. it. But actually, well, Dodds has just done a spoiler on his Patreon today, which is, is about to be bollocked for. Oh, is yeah, it? What did he say? He did a call on his drive. Oh, yes, he did. And he said, this is where I got locked in. Yeah, oh, I noticed shit. that. I noticed that. I watched that this morning. Oh. Yeah. Oh, dear. He's an idiot. He's an actual real-life idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's an idiot. Oh, oh poor, idiot. Barry. poor Barry. And he also, no, no, honestly, not poor Barry, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to slag him off too much. He nearly had us at a gig today until he realised that we lived in Plymouth. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, we'll do it by Zoom. And I was like, yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, no, you've scrolled down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. No, this oh. is the worst podcast I've ever been a part of. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry, you don't worry. like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll start with, like, say, so Overlook. Well, before we get into the movie stuff, just do a couple of, like, little um, stuff that we would do from our podcast. But this one's a bit more about you and lockdown anything over lockdown that you've been reading watching listening to or any weird habits that you sort of found out or new interests like for example early lockdown I really got into watching competitive food eating videos (laughs) I don't know where it came from Um, well well, thankfully I've been (laughs) I've been saved from such (laughs) (laughs) No, that didn't happen to me. I think, again, it's one of them where you're like, I've worked right through it. So it's one of them that I've actually, I think I've been, well, I have been busier than usual rather than having a bit of kickback time. Yeah. Which I would have loved. I'd have adored that. I'd, you know, I'd, I don't know that I'd have followed your, what you've been watching, but I would have liked to have seen something, you know. So, uh, so no, I don't think I have. I think the main thing I've got from this entire situation. I was thinking it earlier, I was making some dinner earlier on, and uh, which I've not done for like a week. And I actually shut my computer and went, do you know what, go and cook some food. So I spent half an hour doing that. And I was thinking about it as I was cooking and I thought, the, the thing that I'm grateful to this situation for, and you know, there's not much to be grateful for, is it's genuinely pointed out to me who the dicks are in my life. Right. Okay. I, I found out who the people are that you just, can't rely on not in terms of a personal thing but their behavior right i've been really quite shocked at some people that i I would have thought better of really and um so that's the bit and obviously strangers you can see who the dicks are i think but yeah that's the that's the thing i've been grateful for with it is it's like it's made it very defined yeah (laughs) who the goodies and baddies are obviously according to my own yeah yeah my own take on it but yeah that's that's what i feel about it it's almost like a it's a bit of a civil war, sort of not civil war, um, end game kind of moment. Yeah, like, right. we've halved everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And you kind of get that enforced time as well, where you don't have to spend time with them. You can't mm. see them. It's not like you can go around for dinner or think, "Oh, like, oh, fuck, I've got to put up with this person again." Yeah, it's isn't that a just? <laughs> but also, yeah. it's good to drop bad baggage in your life, right? Yeah, well, I think I've, I've I've long done that really in my in my life, and and perhaps sometimes too quick or or whatever. But I I do feel that 
I don't know. I found it disappointing in, 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 in many ways without wanting to be pious about it, but I have found it quite disappointing. Mm. And with certain people, I found their behavior quite disappointing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them. It does feel very much like a, a life reset. And I'm like, there's a reason my company's called Infinite Hermit. It's like I, I am a recluse, you know, I, I do stay out of the way and, you know, I live very isolated and I don't see many people much anyway. So uh, that part of it hasn't been a problem for me because it's like, well, this is what I've always been aspiring to. This is what I was already doing. So mm. that I, I do appreciate for people that that's been difficult. And I do appreciate if you're a social butterfly or whatever, that that's a hard thing to go to suddenly being isolated. I get that. But for me, that's it's sort of been the other way around. I've always been mm. very uncomfortable with social situations and that sort of stuff. Yeah, we we kind of found that the people that we people that we knew that that had problems, sort of oh, not problems, but found it difficult to occupy their time. So maybe the yeah. people that relied a lot on going out and going to movies and seeing people and going out for dinner and things like that, when that was taken away. There were yeah. loads of them that really, really struggled. Mm. Whereas we were kind of like, oh, it's great. We'll sit and just binge watch some tellies, some movies. Yeah. We'll read books. We'll, we, yeah. I mean, we never bloody finished that jigsaw. No, no we didn't. We <laughs> <laughs> I need something for the next lockdown. Yeah, so I'll be exactly. fine. Yeah, what was it? 15, 15 months and you never finished a jigsaw? Oh, <laughs> it just becomes. How many pieces was it? Oh, I don't know. It's don't quite know. a lot. It's, it's like a lot, a, but there's, there's a lot of snow in it. <laughs> We've done all the easy right. bits and now we're like at the blue, like there's a lot of shadow and like the and snow's snow, like yeah. blue and black stones. It's just, it's just really difficult to figure out. Yeah. I bought one in America last year. I bought a Star Wars jigsaw in America last year, which was, it's a, a lot of the original Kenner figures all mushed together. Oh, okay. And I like, I love a jigsaw, mate. Like I really do like it. I really like it. And uh, yeah, I love doing that one. But I've also got a Death Star one which is a circle. It's the exact size of my kitchen table. I, I downsized my kitchen table. And uh, it's the exact size of that. It's, but it's two-sided. One's the schematics of it, and one's a picture. But I've not even got it out of the box. It's in a tube, and I'm just like, I don't want to do that to myself. I mean, I haven't got time at the minute, but yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'll enjoy that <laughs> necessarily. No, it, yeah, it might yeah. become a labour rather than a labour of love. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, sense right. of achievement though when you've done that though is going to be immense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there is. I that. mean, you might go mad and blind in the meantime, yeah. but well, uh, do you know what? I I I know what you mean about the sense of achievement, but it's a very fleeting thing because it's not like a sense of achievement if you've written something or drawn something. Or, it, it's it's like what what was the point of that yeah <laughs> well I, yeah, I guess you just break it down don't don't put it back in the box, box. <laughs> yeah but i guess that's it, it's the point of it is the time you spend you know the relaxing time the switch off time doing it yeah, yeah. which yeah. i'm told is very important <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know when you get there when you finally get some you'll know yeah um so objectively yeah and then there is a a personal question about okay but objectively Mm. passion love aside what is the greatest movie of all time objectively objectively Mm -hmm. how can you be objective though how can you um so it depends i guess break it down into categories like cinematography soundtrack story acting that type of thing it's it's awful and it seems very obvious for me. I think it's the Empire Strikes Back. Okay, <gasps> the choice that is that is not a wrong answer. There's no the thing is there's no wrong answers with that. 
Well, well, but, but you could you could argue you go well. What about this? What about this? It's like what what could you argue about in the list you just gave me? What could anybody argue was anything less than exceptional in the Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, what flaws yeah. does it have? Yeah, no, that's yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's far and away the best soundtrack of nine amazing soundtracks now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but it is like head and shoulders above all of them as a soundtrack. The cinematography is, you know, Kirshner's cinematography is just exceptional. The story's bang on the money. It's, yep. There's no flat on it at all. It's completely right. The development of character is amazing. Obviously, it's got the luxury of you know the characters already, but the development of those characters from A New Hope to yeah. Empire Strikes is amazing as well. The beats that it hits, the climactic beats that it hits, all bang on the money. The only thing it, it doesn't do, which is a traditional thing, is give you a... A happy ending, but it does give you an ending. There's a conclusion to it. Yes, there is very much so. Yeah, there's no up without a film. No, that's cool. Oh, thanks mm. for that. Um, so I imagine this will be the same answer. What is your favorite film of all time? <laughs> not necessarily. No, <laughs> no, not necessarily. Like for me, my favorite film can change depending on my mood. Same as my so. What are yours? What, what, so what are like, yours? I was thinking about to say, what am I going to say today? Like. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Like, just one of the greatest comedies of all time. Yeah, agreed. You know? Like, but it can also, some days, I absolutely adore Gladiator. Right, okay. You know? yeah. so, like, for me, it can change, like, depending on my mood. I just, I like good cinema. That's the thing. So I don't necessarily have a favourite, apart from sort of Star Wars. That, yeah. Like, go-to all time. Yeah. And Bex is yours, Trading Places. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, I don't know what mine would be. I think my favourite... Yours is Empire too, Yeah, right? Empire like... came up last week. Yeah, I don't know what the best of all time... I really like A Brief Encounter, I think, is yeah. good. Mm, I yeah. really like that because it just... It hits a lot of things for me, like soundtrack and story and gets me right in the feels. Got you. Well, when you talk about things like that, there's a temptation, I think, to be a bit, oh, I'll say an old film. I'll say Citizen Yeah, Kane. no, I wasn't being a twat. That I no, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, uh, I mean, for me, that I, I don't want to sound like a, you know, like a wanker with it, but <laughs> so I'd go populist with it, really. So I get, you know, as a top three off the top of my head, I'd go Empire Strikes Back, I'd go Blues Brothers, Yes. Um, and maybe even Ghostbusters, maybe. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I like it. Film. Yeah, but it's a well-formed film. Yeah. And, you know, again, hitting all, all the things we applied to Empire Strikes Back, I think the, the problem is when something gets so popular, you kind of feel like you can't intellectualize it anymore. Because it's like, oh, of course you, you're in your thoughts. Of course you love Ghostbusters. It's like, no, but I, I've thought about it more than just <laughs> yeah. yeah. That slimer, <laughs> you know. Oh, I, just, I have tons, you know. I was even like, I'm not sure that I don't prefer the Rocky Horror Picture Show to Ghostbusters. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because I, I, I have a what I'm very attracted to in I think all my entertainment, all the things I, I consume. I'm quite. I'm, I'm attracted to the underdog aspects of things. I'm attracted to things that defy convention and things that are successful despite themselves mm -hmm. which i would also genuinely apply to the empire strikes back which is a really odd thing to say but the empire strikes back really could have just 
killed it all. It could have been wrong. It could, you know, it really could have destroyed what came before it. And it was an independent film. It, it was, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, Lucas had changed the way everything was done, and he made it an independent film. He disobeyed the director's guild, didn't have people's names before. You know, there's no titles as such, yeah. other than the scroll. But there's no star billing or director yeah. like yeah. that, which he got in huge trouble for. You know, I think he got chucked out of the director's guild, in fact, for that. Right. So, and so things like that, I like it. I like where there's been a bit of mischief involved, a bit of like, no, I'm doing it my own way. I'm gonna yeah. do it this way. And I think Rocky Horror, like, it flopped so badly when it first came out. Yeah, but and, and, that, even now, look at the following. Yeah, but isn't that amazing? Isn't that like, ins- I've got goosebumps genuinely right now. Yeah. Like, isn't that amazing? Yeah. That something was dead yeah. in the water. And then just rose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's the same kind of thing with the thing, wasn't it? Yeah. That that yeah. that flopped, and then yeah. kind of everybody was like, "No, actually, this is really yeah. this is really awesome. We love it." And it it's you know, yeah, now got the cult yeah. following that it's got. Yeah, completely. So, so much has been reappraised because of the way that media is shared now. So so much, you know, since particularly since the advent of DVD, it happened a bit with VHS. But particularly DVD, mm. so many films had a new lease of life on on, on DVD, and it just mm. and and I like that. That's why I kind of mourn this idea that physical media is disappearing because yeah. I do believe it's part of the physical media. It's part of picking it up in a supermarket. It's part yeah. of getting it as three for twenty and HMV. It's yeah. that. That's how yeah, yeah. it's and uh, and that's you know becoming more and more limited. And I don't mm. think that necessarily follows through to. Sticking on, I don't know, Amazon Prime or whatever, yeah. and going, oh, we'll have a punt on this. Yeah, I don't think it's the same thing. You don't have the same investment in it. I don't. Yeah, I don't it's think. just much more disposable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. You know, it's less visible as well. Yeah. that I was listening to something. I think it was, I can't remember something on the radio, and they were saying that how like people's DVD collections and CD collections were almost like miniature art installations. Yeah. You go into people's houses and they're, you know, they they tell you quite a bit about their taste, what they like. You know, they might have a film in there that they bought, like you say, took a punt on, hated. Yeah. And there's a story behind it. And it's just a shame that like everything kind of now sits almost like in a little box in the corner of the room. And that, you know, those conversation pieces and stuff is uh, has been slowly being taken away. Well, it's the rise of minimalism, isn't it? So it's. Yeah. Which, which does not sit well with people who would, I guess, describe themselves as nerds or geeks or whatever. It's just mm. those two things don't marry. No, you no. can't be a minimalist nerd. No, <laughs> like, no, how, no. how could you be? Now, in the room I'm in right now, I've got a, fo- a replica of Salacious Crumb there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there. There's a lot of my own artwork in this room as well, but there's a jumbo C3PO and R2D2 of the Kenner figures over there. And it's just like, these things are really important to me. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're really... Uh, let's say if you walked into my house, you would. I wouldn't fare very well on through the keyhole. <laughs> 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 Literally, open the door and go, Bolsworth. <laughs> yeah. Either that or a really poorly teenager. <laughs> it's <something> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I was I was brilliant. recording a thing last night, the, the podcast I do on my own on Patreon, this cabin fever thing, and I was talking about how I. When I used to do stand-up, how I used to reward myself. So if I had a bad gig or if something happened at the gig that was off or you know, it, was a, it was an upsetting experience or even just being stuck in a diversion on the way home, anything like that, I would often go, do you know what? Use that money for something nice for yourself. 
Mm. Buy something nice for yourself. That's why you'll carry on doing the job. And it, it occurred to me when I was recording, I was in my office looking at all these hot toys figures and shelves and things. And I looked at it and I got how many fucking bad gigs did you have? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like but you can have all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, and you're, your MO is that you spend money if it's a bad gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible. Oh, never amazing. built stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. amazing. For the uninitiated, explain what the Parapod is, podcast, and how the movie came about. The original podcast came about was that Barry was booked on my former radio show and he didn't answer the phone. He was meant to be a guest on it and he didn't answer the phone. So I was left with dead air and had to fill the time that I was going to be interviewing him. So the following week, I said, right, you're doing the interview that week. I didn't know him that well at this point. I'd gigged with him a couple of times, but I didn't know him that well. So he did the interview the following week. And as a punishment, I said he had to do an interview every week from now onwards to make up for the one that he drops in the shit on. So he, so he did that. And we, so we started talking every week on air. And in the meantime, he starts messaging me quite a bit in real life about ghosts and stuff. And I think... Barry thought I was really into ghosts. Like I genuinely think he thought that because he'd gone to East Drive, uh, this house in Pontefrats, this uh, haunted house in Pontefrats, and he, uh, he'd gone there with a load of comedians. And I said, why did you not ask me to go to that? And he's like, oh, I didn't think you'd want it. I went, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. Now, so I think he thought, oh, he's a like-minded <laughs> spirit. Oh, he... He would love it as well. And I was like, no, I'd love to just come and like see what nonsense it is and all that stuff. So he started trying to set it up. He was going, we can go to East Drive. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to, you know, for us both to go to East Drive. I went, yeah, yeah, I'll come, definitely. And then he rang me and went, right, I booked it. I went, okay. He went, yeah, it's it's 50 quid first. And then you've got, I went, what? No, I'm not paying. I was like, I'll come with you, but I'm not paying for it. So he just started ringing me a lot and telling me, go shit and I just started telling him he was an idiot I just started you know like dissecting it and going no that can't be right because this 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 until eventually you know I had a history in podcasts and I'd sort of found myself a bit kind of high and dry really from you know the, the podcast I'd done before it ended and I didn't really know where I was going to go with it next and you know the, it was with Ed Gamble and he took a, a yeah. different direction yeah. to the one I was taking you know we had ideas about what we wanted really so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I just said to Barry, look, these I am laughing so much on these calls that they're really making me laugh so much. So I think we should do this podcast. And Barry had been a fan of Peacock and Gamble. So he was like, no, 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 they'll hate me. Everyone will hate me. And I went, they won't because it's an entirely different thing. I won't be the same persona that I yeah. was in that show. It'll be just a different project. And it hit quick. You know, it hit the ground running quick. It was, I think it was just very funny from the off. So the podcast became, the first series was uh, us arguing about ghosts. And he's a very easy person to argue with because he doesn't know anything. And then uh, the second series was Mysteries, where we spoke about things like the Loch Ness Monster and the bit of alien stuff and all that. And the third series was conspiracies, uh, Conspiracy Theories, which I don't know, is kind of, if you listen to it now, it's yeah. sort of alarmingly yeah. prescient, I think, really. And, and I, I sort of take some inward smugness about that because I was I was like I was bang on the money yeah. <laughs> with what I was saying. I didn't 
I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime. I can't remember which episode it is where you're saying to him that this is the problem. You're you're saying, you know, this is the problem now. People just read shit on the internet, believe it, don't think yeah. about anything, and it this is why we're where we are. Yeah, but it becomes it goes away from this. The thing I'm struggling with a little bit myself in, in real life at the minute is I'd have always said, well, what does it matter what people mm. believe? And it's like, it sort yeah. of does. It really does now. So someone who is inclined to believe in the paranormal or ghosts or whatever, you could extrapolate that and go, well, are they then inclined to believe that there's microchips in yeah. vaccines? Are they then inclined to believe? Will they spread those things? Will, you know, will they spread those rumours? And I had a little sort of semi-row with Dodds the other day about the Mandela effect where he'd been talking about Britney Spears, whether she had a headset on in a video or something and people were saying she did and people were saying she didn't. And it's the Mandela effect. And he'd been talking about that publicly. You know, he'd said, and I was saying, you're spreading conspiracy yeah. theories. It, it's still, it's, it's, it's sort of dangerous. It feels awfully churlish to even say it that way, to be like, no, it's dangerous, but it, I think it might be, you know, perpetuating nonsense might be because it, it trains society to take these things on board so, so I guess all, all that sort of stuff was addressed within Parapod Conspiracies as a, you know, a, a, as a as a view towards a end of the world scenario. <laughs> and then, hey, presto. Here we are. <laughs> there it came. Amazing. Meantime in all that, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do this quicker. Meantime in all that, we recorded a speculative TV pilot at 30 East Drive. So we went and took some cameras. I was working on Red Dwarf at the time. And some of the crew from Red Dwarf had got into the podcast. And they said, we'll, we'll come and make it. We'll oh, come wow. and just film it for you. So we went to East Drive. We filmed it. And at the end of the night, I was outside East Drive with Barry. And I said, I don't think this can be a TV show because what do we do next week? Yeah. You know, th- this week, we've done you going into East Drive, me taking the piss, me setting things up, and you getting stupidly scared and me revealing that it was me all along. So what do we do next week? Because people are going to go, well, it's Ian. It'll be Ian doing it. Um, which, you know, that's not my MO, really, in those situations. It didn't bored to start setting stuff up. I said, I think we're making a film. And it was like, he laughed about it. And I went, no, I, why can we not? Why can we not make a film? You know, the, the only reason we can't make a film is because we go, oh, we couldn't make a film. And it's like, we can yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely can. Yeah, <laughs> there's people, you know, with less ability than me, I suppose. Well, no, maybe there isn't, but that's yeah. how I viewed it. Was there were people uh, who, who made films, and you know, they might have been considered rubbish or whatever, yeah. but they still yeah. made it. It's you know, it's still a huge achievement. So it was going to be made that way, you know, just on the cheap. And then we got some, uh, we got a producer on board and he put a lot of money into it and uh, still not film mm. money, not, not money that it should have been. It's still ultra low budget, this film. And it just on it went and it's, you know, it's ongoing to this day. It's, I, I wasn't anticipating working this long mm. on it, yeah. Really, but yeah, I've, I've been in it from the start and I've not stopped. How do you feel about it at the moment then? Because it's, it's obviously COVID had a massive impact on the screenings when it was about to be released. Mm. Have you, is it still something you're happy to work on or or has COVID really sort of tested your patience with it? It's a difficult question to answer because it's like this week, for example, well, I've taken a break from doing stuff to speak to you tonight about that I'm doing the deliverables for the American distribution. So uh, the company that's releasing it in America, I'm on deadline for that. Like the deadline is the first. So which is two days away from when we're recording this. And so I'm, I'm doing deliverables at the minute. And so I'm sat here, you know, kind of overwhelmed. And I feel like I've been overwhelmed 
for the longest mm. time with this film. And so there was a false ending mm. to it where we started the tour and it was like, this is going yeah. well. This feels quite good. I've been over to America and chatted with some people. I was like, no, this feels quite good. It feels like it's in quite a strong position. And then, the, so, so the damning thing was the momentum. The momentum just yeah. sledgehammer stopped mm. immediately, which was a hard thing to deal with. But, you know, I, I consider myself relatively resourceful. So I, I think I responded to that very quick. I accepted the situation. I responded to it quick. And I put the movie slightly to one side. Um, I continue, because I funded my involvement in the movie primarily yeah. through Patreon. So, uh, you know, the, the, the tale of how the movie was made is all yeah. on my Patreon. Yeah. And there's lots of deletes and all that sort of thing. So I knew that I, I had stuff at my disposal that could keep it ticking over there, as well as addressing really the difficulty with stopping. Without, I mean, the only thing I had was I, I, I refused on Patreon to acknowledge the reality of what was going on in the world. I didn't, I, I thought that was quite a, a, a I, I, again, sometimes sort of vaguely proud of myself for, because I felt like, no, the last thing people want is real life. Yeah. Yeah. So I set up this premise that Barry had gone to jail and, and that was shorthand yeah. for yeah. the pandemic. You know, Dodd's in jail and I still use it to this day. Because I, I, I did, I just felt quite strongly that I didn't want to just, I wanted to be a degree of escapism for people. Yeah. And for me too, also. Yeah. It serves for me as well. So I knew that I had that. I knew that I had stuff in stock that would keep that ticking over for however long it was going to be. But in terms of how it's made me feel about the film, I'm tremendously proud of it. Like, I can't see that going away, really. I can't see a review, bad review, doing any damage to that in my head. Or, you know, I, I, I don't think... I, mean, I don't want that to happen, but... I don't think it failing utterly and miserably would ever take away the fact that I'm, I sort of pretty much single-handedly made a film. Yeah, yeah it's an amazing achievement. Uh, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Well, there was Simon, who was the editor, who I didn't even know when I started making this film. He just came backstage at a gig once and said, I'm, I'm an edit- I want to be a film editor, can I help? And I was like, yeah, have you got three more friends as well? Because I need all the help I can get. I think it's on my own. So he, you know, he's become a, he's like a really good friend and, he, and his support, I spoke to him for an hour earlier on, and his support in it has been invaluable. So between myself and Simon, mm. certainly, that's why I couldn't take full credit for the film, but I, I think I can take most yeah. of it if I wanted to be like that. Yeah. But uh, Simon definitely has been the wind beneath my wings in many ways. I don't understand any of the text stuff. I, I've learned more now, but I didn't know about it. So, you know, he's taught me a lot and... We've learned stuff together a lot, mm. and uh, I'm tremendously proud of it. But I do have, honest to God's truth, I've sat here all day just really resenting it, <laughs> like hating it, because <laughs> yeah. I'm working on something else. I've got an animation project yeah. I'm working on, and I really want to do it. So I'm not entirely begrudging of the film. Mm. I, I don't want to squander it and waste it, but I wasn't expecting to be working this hard on yeah. it at this stage. It's kind of a complicated answer. Yeah, yeah but, but I think your relationship with the film from start until where it'll go will change. Once you're able to take a step back, mm-hmm. I think it will be nothing but love. I don't, I don't know that's true. I know what you mean. Maybe of the end product. But, but there have certainly been things along the journey, as I, I, I'm sure happens with all films, where you felt like, oh, that person was a shit. Or, oh, that person, you know what I mean? they've really made this harder for me. To, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, and I don't think those things will be easily dropped in me but 
uh, as a as a finished thing. Like when I watch the film now, I've every empathy with George Lucas looking at it and go, I changed mm-hmm. that. I'd cut mm-hmm. that. Sure, yeah. you know, would do it, but it's locked down now. The yeah. film, but I enjoy it, and I and I kind of marvel at it a little bit in terms of I know how little money there was, and I know what work went in in certain places, and I know you know when people pulled together, when people didn't pull together. I can see it all there. I can see I can see that mm-hmm. journey there. I don't know. Love, love's a very strong word. It is, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. If it's any consolation, we were supposed to get married in 2020. Like it was literally about a month after we went to see the Parapod. Right. And I remember saying to you, like, don't ask me which I'm more excited about because I couldn't tell you. And we've had to, like, like we've rearranged <laughs> it two or three times. And somebody asked us about the wedding the right. other day and we were just like, oh, for fuck's sake, we've got to do that next year. And it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, it does, It like, obviously we're looking, we, we are looking forward to it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. nod, yeah. smile. Yeah. yeah, but it does, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it does sort of change, like, you know, you get, you get all keyed up, you get ready to go with it. And then all of a sudden it's just like breaks are on and it's like, oh, okay. That thing that you thought was going to happen. And like, you know, we all kind of thought the screenings were going to go ahead. And I think I remember going to yeah, see yeah, yeah. like yeah. the film in Bristol and sort of in the back of my mind thinking, I wonder if we'll get there. I wonder if we'll actually make it or whether they'll say, no, you can't, you know, lockdowns in place. Yeah, it's, and... it's feeling a bit like that, wasn't yeah. it? I, I know that. So I was I was in America just before the screening started and that's when there was, there was talk of it and I think there's a chance I maybe had COVID in America. I was quite ill in America. Um, so the, there was that kind of element to it where, and I was joking about yeah. it. You know, I was like, probably that corona thing that's going around, you know, I was like that. And then suddenly within a matter of, was it four or five weeks or yeah. something, it had just, just fallen to shit. Yeah. So uh, uh, what I will say about that situation for me, where I feel, I guess, so the, the comparable thing would be if you'd have got married the week before it happened. So, so how I feel about it is, on a personal level, I got to go over to the States. I got yeah. to do that. I, I, there was no issues. I got, got there and got back without any issues other than being poorly, mm. but... At the time, I didn't know. I'm still not certain. Um, my, my dad died right before lockdown, oh, yeah. and we just managed to do his funeral. So we right. just got it yeah. in. It just, just happened. And I, you know, my dad had been poor for quite a long time, and I was like, kind of philosophical about the whole thing. I was like, he tapped, he timed that exceptionally. <laughs> yeah, he tapped out right at the fucking moment. Yeah. That was that was amazing how he did that. That's I mean, tapped out in time for us to get him, you know, get him seen mm-hmm. off. And that was the end of his story, I suppose. Uh, and the, the the other thing is that we did manage to do the premiere. So we got the premiere done in, in London and we got a couple of screenings under our belts. It would have been, well, I don't know, but I, I think I would have perhaps reacted very differently if they'd have all been planned, all selling out and stuff, and then it had happened before they started. Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody has seen this film. Yeah. This, this film hasn't been on a big screen and I don't know if it ever will be now and I don't you, you know all that sort of stuff so I'm glad it has been on a big screen I'm glad it's going to be again all things panning out okay so yeah that I'm, I'm kind of grateful in that respect that even though some things were horrible situations that they happened before it was right in the middle of it when mm. you know the horror stories that we've all yeah. heard of people not even able to be at people's yeah. funerals and stuff. I had a mate who died in the middle of the pandemic I come to his funeral and you know, the, the, lots of things that are just quite awful. So, so I'm grateful. Yeah. You know, some of the times. 
and I didn't want to drive to Glasgow. I'm going to want to drive to Glasgow, <laughs> which I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing that you can here. get away with it. It's all right. We'll make sure it comes out after that after that screening. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean we we thoroughly enjoyed it it's Uh, i think my only grumble was was that people were laughing too loudly so there are things that we we missed missed. so we're really looking but that's that's all right it's a good thing it's a good thing i mean it means then that we'll we'll just get home and we'll stream it again so i mean it's it's all it's all good but yeah it it was just such a fun night and i think it um yeah we just can't wait to see it again we really can't wait to see it again Simon and I were discussing that very thing today because Simon at the minute minute is editing a sitcom and uh, he's having to edit some of it that's going to that's pre-rec so it'll be played into an audience so he's having to leave gaps and things Mm. and he's not quite okay or what he was saying was he didn't quite know how exactly how to do that and he said that he remembered a time where he edited some studios there's bits in the film where me and Barry are in the studio talking about stuff and he said he remembered editing that and me rejecting it me saying no that's too fast right that makes it sound like we script like we know what we're not that fast so we have we need to slow that down to real to how it actually was um but we, we were discussing that today the idea of leaving gaps for laughs and it is something that we discussed in the film which was like do we leave gaps you know do you do you try and pace it so you do allow an audience to laugh and not miss the next bit? Mm. And I did. I made that call. I just went, no, no, just do it. I'd, I'd sooner just barrage. I it. think the film's better for yeah. that. Yeah, 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 you can't. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I agree. What is going to be funny and what isn't? No, exactly. Yeah. So for me, the Parapod podcast is second only to the American Office, and it is something that I can. So what? <laughs> What's number? It's, it's the word second of that. Oh right, issue. okay, <laughs> fine, okay. Well, well, don't make me choose. It would depend. It depends what mood I'm in on which day. But that's, it, what, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's so much that you you like. I'll laugh at one thing when I listen to it, and then I'll listen to it again, and I won't laugh at that thing. I'll laugh at the other thing or the thing yeah. that you yeah. that I've missed because I was laughing at something else last time, and and it just keeps on giving. Yeah, it does, and that's part of the magic. Yes. It's kind of a, it's hard to talk about your own stuff in those terms, you know, where you, again, I've, I've said it several times, it's about being proud about stuff, and it's not an easy fit for me, that, mm. but I do think there were certainly episodes or scenarios or little moments that played out in the parable that I think, no, that is exceptional. Yeah. That is really, you know, the layering to it is, and most of that is quite by chance, the layering, but there are things that I, ahead of time, had quite a Machiavellian plan. <laughs> You're talking about East Drive there. <laughs> well, no, I'm, well, no, no, because East Drive was impulse. So, so the one that East Drive was impulse. That was oh, all okay. happening. There was no plan for right. that. If we look at the what's the the, the Badaduke thing, on, on the, where I I convinced Barry yeah. that there was a genuine haunting thing to the the Babadook film yeah. and that it was based on a real book, and I got other people to contact him apparently independently. And we set all that up. There was the, I mean, I think my my proudest moment in the Parapod is when I told Barry a, a completely improvised, made-up conspiracy theory about yeah. JFK. Uh, yeah. And he and he just bought it, like, immediately, because it sounded plausible. So it, it was the most... Uh, it, it was the most kind of confident I'd ever felt in my own argument. I'm just going, that's exactly what I'm saying yeah. to you. 
if something sounds plausible, you believe it. And you're not unique in that. Lots of people do. Yeah. But I can tell you for a fact, what I've just told you is completely incorrect. But you were so taken by how like, oh my God, that is mental. You're so taken by that, that you believed it. Yeah. You, you believe and that, 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 at the top of the list of explanations. No, it's that, it's that one. Everything falls into place. Like, no, every, it's, they're all lies. Mm. Marilyn Monroe was mentioned, like she died a year before, you know, there were so many things in it that were demonstrably untrue. Yeah. So same as we said about the Britney Spears thing, if that stays in, but when he was talking about the Mandela effect with Britney Spears, it was like, no, it's demonstrably untrue that it's changed because that video was brought out when physical media was at its peak. So all those videos were released at the time. There's people who've got DVDs still in their house. That can't be altered, that DVD. Yeah. So whatever's on that DVD is what was on that film. Yeah. Same as the Wizard of Oz argument, you know, the thing about that if there was a suicide in the Wizard of Oz, it's it, it, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not been changed. Unless unless we've all fallen into 1984 and uh, somebody's come along in the background and changed it all, yeah. erased stuff. We've not. We haven't. <laughs> there's too many of us. There's too many of us. It's the same as the whole thing that's going on at the minute. The conspiracy theory around vaccinations and about covid and all that sort of thing and if people just take a breath and go just we just think about this logically for a moment what you are saying is happening would require yeah. the entire scientific global community to all subscribe to this lie they'd all have to agree to it and that wouldn't happen yeah. <laughs> it just couldn't happen no matter how much money you put them, yeah. And the whole thing, there might be a microchip in it. It's like, that, that doesn't exist, yeah. that. You can't get a microchip that small. Yeah, they've got them in secret. It's like, don't be ridiculous. And also, you've got, you, you're carrying yeah. your phone around, mate. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You don't need to check it in your bloodstream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so true. Crackers, crackers. What's your favourite scene from the movie? Um, I think it's the in the church. There's, there's a scene that's kind of a midpoint of the film where we take a breath. So the film's quite claustrophobic, I think, it, both in intent and also by necessity, because so many of these places are quite enclosed, yeah. small places. So it is claustrophobic. So the, the the church came about quite by chance. We'd been snowed off from doing something else that we were meant to be filming. And I just went wandering. I was so depressed about it. I was like, we've lost thousands today. And I went wandering and I found this church and I went and knocked at the vicarage and just said, I've just been looking around the church, it's beautiful. I'm making a film at the minute and we've lost all our footage today. We couldn't film anything today because of the snow. Mm. Could we come here tomorrow and film some stuff? I'll think of something to do and can we, can we do that? And she was lovely, the lady. I kept in touch then. She, she said, to her, yeah, of course you can. And I said, I'll pay you. She went, I'll just make a donation to the church. That's fine. So we did, we did all that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then... Uh, it, it just came out gorgeous. You know, we got a drone shot of it quite by chance because someone was out with a drone doing work for someone else and I bummed them some money and they did us some shots. And then I employed him properly to do some more drone, drone shots because it was so gorgeous. And it, it, it opens the film up for a moment. It just makes it big for, for, for a little bit. And then from that hugeness of seeing the countryside and all the snow, and the church, and it was a quite climactic moment, climactic beat within the film. Mm -hmm. To then to go into this church and then do something that was pure parapod. So it was just me and Barry 
back and forth, having a debate about the nature of faith and religion that was completely in line with the film. And it was just, it was pure, it was the podcast, purely that. I mean, the scene is much longer in reality. It's like about 20 minutes, I think. And I think in the film, it's like five mm. or six, something maybe. Still relatively long as a scene. Uh, but I think it's that, because that, for, for all those reasons, for, you know, that it was a fluke, it came about, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a kind of slightly karmic, which I don't believe in, obviously. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, 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 it felt like yeah. that. You know, it was that sort of feeling. So, uh, so yeah, I think that scene is my favourite. Uh, I mean, the stuff that I could probably say I enjoy more, but I think it would be quite spoilery. Yeah, really. no, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not give yeah. that away. There are certainly events in that film that I never tire of watching. Yeah. That yeah. they're they really quite exhilarating and really make me yeah. laugh. Mm. Yeah, there's one that springs to mind actually. It's the I won't give it away, but it is the scene where you're having a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, that is that yeah, was yeah, that was, that was oh, fucking marvelous. Well, I've I've actually got some footage on my phone where I filmed that in a cinema with an audience watching yeah. it, right. and I I adore watching with with because with the laughter, yeah, and the way the waves happen with it, the laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing, and then something happens and then it just erupts laughing, and then it goes back to something else, and it, they laugh, 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 laugh. It's really yeah, it's quite exciting it's to quite watch. Relentless. Um, that's. Yeah, it is, eh? It is. <laughs> and on a big screen, it's quite relentless as well. I was just amazed yeah. that, that, like, I don't know, like, I watched Barry's Patreon video today and I was like, wow, he's been brave going into uh, into 30 East Drive on his own. I was like, there's no way I'd have done that. <laughs> but, well, yeah. Wait till you see my Patreon video on Sunday. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll earmark that one. Wait till you see it. In fact, when we finish this, I'll send you the link to it as long as you promise not to Oh, no, it. yeah. That, if you want to see it. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank yeah, you. Pretty yeah, pretty yeah. trustworthy people. Yeah, well, we'll try. Yeah. we try. I wasn't doubting you at all in real life. <laughs> Thanks. Do you think you'll make any more films? Yeah. Cool. Okay, That's would good. you do... Not, not like that. Oh, okay. okay. Not like that. Because I was going to say, not how are we going to get it. a Conspiracies and a Mysteries movie? I'm, I'm not king. Right. I'll be honest oh. with you. I have, I've got a bit of a, yeah, without going overly serious on it, but I, I, I have of late started to get quite anxious about standing in opposition to things of, of people that I consider quite dangerous. Because, um, you know, they don't, it's, it's never the lunatics that get shot, it's, it's the sense yeah. speakers that get yeah. shot. <laughs> so, that makes a lot of sense. You know, um, there's, there's a little bit of that going on. Um, well, I've, I've done it. Maybe it's a weird paranoia that I've got, but that has been rising, and I've, I've tried to keep it under control. Okay, but that might it might go hand in hand with being reclusive anyway. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, yeah. I'm sure it's explainable. So, like, there is nothing in the process of making this movie that would stop you from doing another movie of this nature. Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it in the same way again. I, I found it very difficult to direct again. I, I did find mm. that difficult. I was warned about that beforehand that that would be quite difficult to direct and be in something, you know, in, invariably when somebody directs it, they they will co-direct it if they're in it and somebody else takes over the directing when they're doing their stuff. So I, I wouldn't be keen on doing uh, being in something and directing again, unless I had a support structure in, in place. So what I've not had in this film is a support structure, or rather what I have had one, but not one that is, that can handle mm. 
or you know, we've, we've all between myself and Simon, we've easily done no exaggeration, a hundred jobs each right. on this film, uh, and and continue to do to this very day. You know, we're doing things that is actually somebody else's job, but there's no money to pay somebody yeah. else. But there's also no money to pay us either. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, I've worked for free on this. I've, I've not made a penny yeah. on this film at any point. There's only myself and Bill mm. who've never drawn a penny from this film. Bill, the producer, yeah. who've never drawn a penny from this film. And and that, that's my choice. You know, it's, it's both our choices. But when you get to year five, six, yeah. and you're like, well, this would have to be different next yeah. time. I couldn't do this yeah. again. Not being a martyr for cash, but it's just like if I had somebody doing that job, somebody doing that job, somebody doing that job, I could concentrate on just yeah. the directing yeah. or just on performance or whatever, or you know, putting it together. But I, I couldn't do this many jobs again for, for one project. So I'd be quite happy to be employed as a director, really. Yeah. I think right. uh, not that I think I necessarily would be, but I, I think there's an insane skill in what you've done there from in terms of if you do so much yourself and you do yeah. are just, a di- just doing the direction on another film, you know the yeah. pitfalls of sort of so many elements of making a film. Mm. You'd hope so. You'd know how to handle it. You'd know how to preempt potential issues. Like the lessons you've yeah. learned, you'll carry forward, right? Uh, you would hope so. And I think what I also have in, in my favour is and, and as, as all, I do apologize, I should turn it off. Um, uh, uh, is that I'm, I'm keen to learn, yeah. so you know, I'm, I'm a great admirer of people who, in this enforced hiatus, went and learned new skills and went and did. I learned how to do animation from scratch, right? And I had some artistic ability myself, but I got better at it yeah. and, and learned animation from nothing and created a program and, and which I'm still working on. Mm. and there's a few of us working on it, and you know, two of us write it, three of us voice it, I animate it, and you know, and all that sort of business. It's uh, I, I, I don't know how to turn that yeah. off, really. I don't know how to stop myself from going, What does that do? How does that? I'm going to build that. I've got a full size C3P and R2D2 in the office that I built because I couldn't afford the real oh. ones. And I just got to a point where I was like, I think yeah. I can do it. And I still thought, I, I yeah. until yeah. they were finished, I thought. These are going to look dreadful, <laughs> and they don't. Like they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, this has been quite gloaty yeah. for me. I've quite enjoyed this. That's, that... yeah, quite... <laughs> <laughs> but that is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna add to that further now because one of the things that I really enjoy uh, on the Patreon okay. are the art yeah. posts. Yeah, and like I. I mean, I dabble yeah. and do bits and pieces here and there, and I see stuff, and I think like, oh, I'd like to give that a go. Um, and it's just really interesting to see how mm. other people tackle things. And you're kind of like, yeah, I've got this problem and, and this is what I did. And I think when you were doing the the little yeah. nightmares figure, the stand, and you were saying that like it was really tedious to 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 kind of put together the yeah. stand and there were problems. And, you know, you get that satisfaction of solving that problem when you look back on the when you've got the finished article, you look back on it and you think, oh, yeah, I yeah. saw that. And that, that's really cool. That, that's the problem, isn't it? So I don't know if you find this or not, but the, but the I, I love the moment of sourcing a problem. I love the moment of where you're like, oh, I've problem solved. Yeah. I've worked it out. Same animation is a very easy one for me to assess it with because I can go, I don't know what's going wrong with this puppet. They call them puppets, the animation. So I don't know what's going I don't know why its eyes are doing that. 
I've got no idea. And no matter what I try, I can't work it out. And then you retrace your steps and you go into different parts of the program. And then eventually you go, I could, if I move that there, that'll do that. And you do it. And then you bring the puppet back up. It's like, I've, I've sussed it. I worked it out. Brilliant. And so that yeah. moment is amazing. But the moment of going, I don't know what's going wrong with this is horrible. So I do understand why some people are like, I'm not even going to try. I wouldn't be able to deal with that. You know, I couldn't yeah. deal with that yeah. stress of that. I'm not even going to try. I can't draw. That's the end of. I can't draw. <laughs> like we never thought we'd be able to put a podcast together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, something like yeah. that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the early ones that we've got on file are yeah. uh, shocking. Yeah. But you know, you just sort of keep we're going. Here. and have yeah. a play and well, I, I mean, keep going. You, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Because you, you said to me when we were setting this up, you'd said about how many listeners you'd had, and you were like, and I was really pleased with that. And I was like, we, and you totally should be pleased with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I think we had you know what you were saying about like having that moment about um well we can't make a movie and the yeah. only the only reason so is because you're yeah. saying we can't do that we had when you said like oh let's do the interview I I think I said to you I was like well we can't do that I was like we don't do we don't do interviews with people that have been on the telly and that are making a movie and I stopped myself and I was like yeah the only person that is saying yeah because the other person is saying I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly exactly yeah that's what i said like look we've not it's not like we've had, yeah. had him at gunpoint asking yeah. you've yeah. got to do this but it's just and, it's just interesting how you yeah talk to yourself and and actually once once i got in the headset space of like yeah we can do this and, and then i was like right well we'll just ask barry as well and yeah. then he came back like i spent this lovely long message just saying you know well we know you film stars are really busy and you know, <laughs> saying yes and all the rest of it and now you just now we said yes to you feel just a bit disappointed now. <laughs> no, within two seconds you just came back and you went, yep, that's fine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. that's, that's cool. Most people will, really. You know, that's that's the thing I discovered. But uh, there's no stardom over here. You know, there's no fame and fortune. Yeah. It me and Dodds. But I found when I started doing podcasts, which was the dawn of it, you know, it was yeah. like yeah. Uh, quite by chance. It's not because I'd seen it coming. It was just quite by chance. I just needed something yeah. to do. And... Uh, I remember Harry Hill did it. He, he came on the podcast and stuff, and it, like, he came down to one of the live shows and didn't get any money, just came down and played. And and I remember, and Al Murray, I remember being very kind as well. And it's just one where I think most people will, because they either remember people doing it for them, yeah. or they're just like, I'm just, I'm just a bloke, or I'm just a lass. Yeah, just yeah like, I think that, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly the thing. Right. Yeah. Blake will tell you, I get very, very starstruck, don't I? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so ridiculous. Who's blowing you away? Who have you met? Um, Who's blowing you away? Well, not nobody like uber, uber famous, but we went to see uh, a band called Pale White. Uh, they played okay. a gig in Plymouth and like we went with some other friends, didn't we? We were dancing away, had a really great time. They're up and coming. We're going to go and see them again in Cardiff okay. in December. Yeah. And at the end, like I was, we'd been dancing. I was really sweaty and like, they were stood sort of about three or four meters away. Mm. And my mate Neil was like, Oh, go get a photo. And I was like, daft. And I'm stood in this photo, just grinning. My face is sweaty. I'm grinning from ear to ear. And the kind of guys are like, you know, being all rock and roll and sort of like half smiling. And I was like, right. So next time I meet a celebrity or I meet famous people, I am not going to smile. So we go to a gig in Totnes where Andy Cooper, who's MC with uh, Ugly Duckling is, is performing. Blake's, interviewed him for a hip-hop radio show that you did before yeah. and he's like uh, he's like oh I know you really like him I'll, I'll introduce you 
So I'm so he sort of says, Oh, this is my this is my girlfriend, Bex, and I'm just like, right. <laughs> like a complete twat. Just looked really dismissive. Yeah. And he's made one of my favorite albums ever. And I was like, I was gonna tell him that. And then So what he's done, he'll look he'll have gone away from that and gone, well, somebody's brought them. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. That was such a great <laughs> We used to have it. We used to have it in Peacock and Gamble, particularly in Peacock and Gamble. We, it used to happen so much that we do live shows and we'd walk out and we could just see it. It was just in the room. You could just see it. You could see people just sat there like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> Their partner next to them screaming, laughing and tears and stuff. You're like, right. So they, they've listened to the podcast. They love it. They've said, you'll yeah, love it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come <laughs> very precise. It, with Peacock and Gamble particularly, it was very precise. Yeah. Because it was the problem with Peacock and Gamble was always uh, when people took against it, I couldn't get my head around it. Me and Eddie used to speak about it a lot. And I was like, I, I can't, I don't understand why people would see those personas we play, or those characters, if you like, on stage, how you could hate them. I don't yeah. get it, how you'd hate them. You know, they're, they're not horrible people. They're just like, they're very innocent and very sort of silly. And I, don't, I think it, it takes a special sort of person to hate yeah. those people. And we eventually just arrived at the theory, which I think was borne out, where it was like we sort of felt that the people that hated us on stage or hated the characters on stage or however you want to look at it were sitting there going I have just left this at home with a babysitter (laughs) (laughs) what is happening here is what I have just come out to get away from (laughs) these these are children (laughs) being ridiculous (laughs) and we, we thought it was that you know that it was that they just were like no no can I, can we have some grown up time please <laughs> is there is there still have you still got a, a any um version of naughty keith knocking around yeah yeah i think i have i think i've got the original one no i've no i think i gave the original one away so, so the first one that was ever used was at a king's place show it was a very different character naughty keith it was a it was that I'd bought a puppet from a, an, an old lady who was clearly a witch, but I, I hadn't understood <laughs> she was a witch. And I was saying to Ed, I bought this. And he's like, it's horrible. I went, no, I bought it from, you know, the old yeah. lady lives in that hut. <laughs> and he went, what? oh, she was lovely, mate. She was really nice. I went out to her and said, oh, can I have that, please? And she was like, no, take it, take it. <laughs> and I took it. And as I went, she was like, you know, it's really funny. She was going, a curse on your family. <laughs> So I just misunderstood that I'd bought this cursed thing. And there was a great moment in the first ever bit where Ed kept taking it off me to throw it away. It's horrible. Take, get rid of it. And he threw it into the wings. And as he threw it into the wings mm. there, it came the other <laughs> wing. Like, you just couldn't get rid of it. So there were two. There was always yeah. two. So the original one that was the one that I was saying, I got this off that yeah. old lady. We gave away at one of those shows. We gave it to the fan. And um, so the second one was the one that I ended up using when we did like bits of yeah. stuff and that. Uh, that one I still have, but Mice got it at one point. I think it was in the garage. So he's, a bit, he's got a bit of a chewed Aww. face. Um, and he's, uh, there was one night when all his hair fell out as well. He had an awful moment of alopecia, a very sudden alopecia, where we got off stage. And uh, I was just holding it, saying to Eddie, I think we were saying, oh, that was a good show, or, or it was a bad show, whatever it was. And as I was talking, all, all of it, no. <laughs> all his head. Oh, no. Fell out. It's really creepy. Um, so I, I do have it, but I don't have any, I have no affection for it, really. It's just a thing, you know. Um, so just quickly going back to the fact that you, you're now doing animation, 
Now, of all of the things yeah. that you do and have done, do you yeah. have a favourite thing that you create? Would it is it movies? Is it the animation? Is it the podcast? Like, what is it that ticks the most boxes for you as a maker of art? Um, I'm, it's a really hard question, that. Because it, it's... I think there probably is an element of it where you go, it, it's, it's what you're doing now it always feels like the most important thing. And I, I think that's important for, uh, for as a creative that you feel like the thing you're doing now is the most important yeah. thing. Otherwise, you're, you're not quite on it. That's going back to what we said about how I feel about the film now. I guess that's something that I'm battling at the moment. I'm like, no, Ian, do it well. Yeah. Do it well. Don't go, oh, I've got to write this now. And just be like, sat here doing it in a strop. It's like, do it well. Because you yeah. can do it well if you just refined hmm. your vigor for it. <laughs> um, but because I'm working on the animation thing, yeah. it's like I might want to do that. I was in the middle of doing right. that. I want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so, so my my automatic reaction is my favorite thing in my creative output is the Rocky Robot show, which is the animation show. Yeah. It absolutely. There's just something about it that I feel good about it. I, I feel. It's kind of uncynical and it's not, it's for it's family audience. It's yeah, but it's funny, I think, and it's uh knockabout and it's a, kind of anarchic within it without feeling like forced anarchy. I, I'm, I'm kind of it, it, I sort of feel a bit like I've come full circle with that, which is which makes sense because the people that I'm making Rocky Robot with are Rob uh, Rob Rouse and John Williams, yeah. who I was in a triple act with when I started. So when we first we all started out together, yeah. Thing called big and daft and we did that for years at the fringe we had a decent audience a bit of a cult audience it was a hot ticket some years and and we kind of just grew apart fell out a little bit you, you know as, as kind of bands do we, we felt a bit like a band it was like mm. nah, fuck it go i hate you too and that sort of thing and it's took 20 years for us to sort of refine each other quite and again a patreon to thank for that because i was writing a retrospective about Big and Daft on Patreon. Mm. And I just went, I'm just going to phone, I've seen Rob a bit, because we both stand up, so I'd seen him from time to time. I'd seen John once at a funeral of a mutual friend, and we, we were fine with each other, but that's the only time I saw him, and that's 20 years. So I called Rob, and I said, can I come and interview you about Big and Daft, do you fancy it? I'm writing this thing on Patreon, he didn't know what Patreon was, and I went over, did the interview, and in the process of the interview, he was saying, I think you should just speak to John, really, because I don't want to talk about that. I think that's a question for John, that. So I suspected there was like ongoing residual <laughs> resentment. And I was like, no, fuck it then. All right, I'll call John. So me yeah. and John were busy mates for a long time. So called John. He was up for it. He said, we'll do it tomorrow. And he, what he said to me afterwards, he said to his missus, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm just going to tell him mm. in the interview. And I was like, "And as you should, that's what this is about. So, you know, we had all our dirty laundry in public and we... We battled through it. It was quite clear there was an affection there. And he, he had quite a lot of resentment that he'd stopped doing creative stuff. Right. And he was trying to start doing it again. Meantime, I'm in the middle of doing Rocky Robot. I've, I've started that. I've created it, if you like. I'm trying to work. It was going to be a puppet show originally. And uh, I just said to John, do you want to come and write this with me? Because I've started writing it. I think it's funny. We're pals now, I think. So do you want to come and write it? And he was like, yeah, definitely. So we just wrote it together. Wrote the whole thing, realised at the end of it that we'd written Big and Daft again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we genuinely didn't realise it, but we, we just had a moment where we went, you, you know these characters do yeah. completely follow the three of us, how we were in Big and Daft. 
But we'd written about five episodes when that occurred to us. We were like, God, it is. It's exactly the same thing. So then it was like, said to Robbie, like, do you want to come on as a voice and maybe do the music? Because the character we've written that is for you and got many lines, really. So, and he, he said, yeah, so we're kind of working together again. But we're not working together as big and, you know, we wouldn't do live stuff together again. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be up for that anyway. Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite nice. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying that sense of, it does feel a little bit like I'm going to die soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels, it's that sort of feeling, you know, when you looked at the house where you go, and then they all made friends, and then he died. Said <laughs> <Like, laughs> Rosebud and was gone. <laughs> uh, it feels a bit oh, like that, potentially. No, so, well, same really, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind I don't that. If, if I say big and daft and just drift away. <laughs> all right. I've got a quick question oh, about on, a scene in the movie. That made me quite angry for you. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I think it's the final sort of third of the film and you're in the most wanted room. Okay. Yeah, right yeah. at the end. On the, you're yeah. on the moors, I think. You know, all that time you waiting in that room? Yeah. I felt, that I can't believe, I know, like, I can't believe you aren't given a chair. You just expect us to stand and wait for a whole night. I think it's mental. Um, do you know what? Um, much as I appreciate the sympathy, I would. If you were talking to Barry, Wait, now, I was watching that scene thinking they didn't even give a fucking chair. If you were talking to Barry now, he would play on that sympathy. He would go, Yeah, it was horrible. I had to stand there. But I will tell you the absolute truth of that situation is that the, I th- I'm pretty certain there was a chair in that room. And I decided not to sit on it because I didn't want to squadge my fat all up. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I was being filmed, so I was like, it's better if I stay stood. <laughs> that'll, that'll keep me slim down a little bit, you know, as best as I'm able to, <laughs> you know, with the tools that I'm working with. So, oh, so there's no reason to feel sorry for me because that would it would have been my choice. That's right. Okay, I'll let that go then. I'll let it go. Are you, are you actually going to let it go? Yeah, I'll let it go. Now I know the truth. So this is, the, this is yeah. when you get a peek behind the curtain. Of how a movie's done. Yeah, but you like so. I don't know. We spoke to you briefly after the Bristol screening and the chair. I think you asked the I chair asked Barry, question, but he yeah. didn't really give me an answer. <laughs> I think it's. it's you, quite... I've, I've got no memory. Was that like during the Q and A? We popped up at the merch to table. Get the, we bought a couple of papers. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's a massive key, so it's you can't actually really stop you and Barry for your time. So yeah, it's not fair. Not with all that, with all that money flying. <laughs> <No. about. laughs> <laughs> I would like also to say all of the artwork for the movie that we've seen is is yeah. is brilliant, and also the new trailer. I know that like obviously you had concerns about it being taken out of your hands. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you then came out and said how great you think it is. It is like yeah, everything mm-hmm. is fucking top level. Yeah, yeah. Like none of this, and I imagine as a someone that makes stuff, it is hard to let things go and creatively take control of something. Yeah. But it isn't. It doesn't feel like you didn't do the new trailer mm. like tonally it feels very similar i get that i i think the people that did that trailer did get their head they they really liked the film yeah yeah um and you can tell when someone's going yeah really liked it yeah we'll do our best job on it to someone who's going honestly when whenever you're next in london can we go for a beer because i just love that for you know you can tell that they loved it mm. so i think they loved it and understood got got the film got what it was got their head around it i wasn't involved at all in the putting together of that trailer it was only very late on when it was pretty much done that it was given to me to sign off and i, I changed some tiny little bits i just went oh 
move that there, perhaps put that there. And uh, I, I, I think it might be worth putting in the line where I say, in his defense, he's not that good an actor. So I, I said, put that in at the end. Yeah. And that sort of gives another element of, oh, what's happening with this? Mm. So so thank you. And I, I sort of feel weird saying thank you because I didn't make the trailer. Mm. I, mean, I made the footage, but I didn't make the trailer. But I was, again, it all sort of ties in, I guess. It's that thing, of, like, I can't sit here whining that I'm having to do everything. Mm. And then when there's somebody available to me who will do, who will go, I'll do it for you. I can't go, no, no, I've got to do it. You know, yeah. so, I, so I had to go, no, okay, you do this for a living. I presume there's a reason your business is viable as the, the trailers and stuff. I presume you're good at it. Yeah. You, you do it and mm. I'll just... You do what is best for our film. Yeah. Not not for my film or for what I want or what I think would look nice for my ego or whatever, aesthetics, anything like that. Mm. You go and make what is best to sell this film. Yeah. yeah. And I will just agree to it. And that's pretty much what happened. Ditto with the poster. You know, I spent a lot of time early doors trying to, you know, get a poster put together. And the poster was nice. But as soon as we showed that poster to proper people in the industry they went no this isn't at all what you should be doing for a poster right this isn't right for this film um you know this is and that's my doing from saying i want it like a drew struzan because i'm a star wars fan yeah and they're like no this film shouldn't have a drew struzan poster <laughs> you know it's not maybe in a special edition in 20 years time yeah. but not now not a launch so it was one of them. I'm just going right. Okay, well then, I accept your rejection of it. I accept your your rejection of the trailer. That's fine. Well, you know, me and Simon aren't going to go. Well, what are we made that trailer? Yeah. It's like you do what you think is right, and I, I agree with you. I think it's come out. It's come out better than we can do, and I think to mine and Simon's credit, we've not sulked. We've gone yeah. right. Let's look at that. What they did, how they did that better than what we could do, yeah. and try and learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than going, well, ours, we would have done a better one than that. We wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't. But maybe, maybe if we learn from it, we could make one as good as that in the future. So, uh, yeah, it's all about learning, isn't it? Yeah. So, so many people are they're reluctant to learn. <laughs> I think we just don't like admitting we've got weaknesses, do we? We want to be all things to all people, and sometimes you do just have to say, yeah, do you know what? You're better at this, so you crack on, do that, and I'll do what I'm good at, and. But I'm also all for, you know, not just, so having that, like being aware of your limitations for sure. Mm. But like you said about making a podcast, you know, and the, I guess the the worries you had about that, like, well, can we even do it? We shouldn't be doing this. This isn't for us to do it. And then you break through that and you back yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the important bit is to go, no, do you know what? Uh, we, we could do it. We're not going to necessarily hit the ground running no. as yeah. we would want to. Yeah. The only way to do it is to actually learn how to do it, try and do it, yeah. get better at it. And eventually, even if no one's hardly listening to it, as long as we can go, that was a really good podcast, what we made. That, yeah. was, that was great. And, and we once couldn't do that. Yeah. We once didn't know how these mics worked. We once didn't have a clue what an MP3 was. You know, all that sort of, you know, you just kind of, it's, it's just sometimes such a slow process that you could lose heart. I think if you can back yourself, any creative, if you can back yourself, then how can we ever condemn that in anyone? Yeah. Uh, you know, for an artist to go, I'm gonna try and do it, and it's always people who go, "Well, that's shit." It's like, "Well, what? Yeah, what, what are you doing? What are you what doing? You yeah, <laughs> exactly. Where's your podcast that you've made? Yeah. Or what? What have you failed at? Yeah, yeah. What have you failed at? 
because you know you, you've played it safe you know you're going to do your job and all whatever and you like you can't just sit and throw stones at people that are having a backing themselves and trying yeah. sounds awfully wanky but i, I, I genuinely mean that I, i've always been a do yeah yeah no definitely true so good for you is what i'm saying oh, thanks thank thank good for you good for you making a movie oh, thank you thank you i don't mean it in a condescending way i mean genuinely like, good for you it's Uh-oh. like plenty don't plenty just don't bother you have the idea yeah. say they'll do it one day yeah. and then get defeated by neuroses or yeah. boredom or difference so that, that I'll, I'll always you know be tremendously impressed with anyone who just does stuff yeah yeah. yeah it's not well easy. i mean you say that but it did take us 24 hours to figure out how the microphones got assembled when we got the new kit <laughs> yeah and so i'm pretty was... i'm pretty dab handed like the, the sort of physical technical stuff but i couldn't right. the mic stands it turns out there was a connector that needs to come out and it would fit on stands but you know <laughs> yeah. shit happens I mean, right yeah if that's the only yeah. setback we've had yeah, in a fine. while that's yeah. pretty good, good isn't it yeah it's all right but if you'd have got them out of the box and they were already built. You were, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's it. Exactly. You, you've learned nothing. Yeah, <laughs> this is exactly. what I mean, like, about doing so much yourself. Like, I remember, I can't remember who said it, and it was about independent music in particular. Okay. And there's a rapper really called Sage Francis. He does a lot of stuff off his own back. He sort of, he's quite well known, I think. Does a lot of his own okay. shows, and he still does his own shows. He still builds his own shows from the setup. And he'll always know how to do that. Whereas Rihanna, for example has never yeah. had to put on her own show at a gig with 20 people. And yeah. once you learn to do stuff, you can keep carrying these lessons forward. And that's only good. Yeah. But also, I met Rihanna once. Really? Fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah, I did. Random. And I can, I can tell you firsthand that Rihanna doesn't need to do anything ever. <laughs> like, like, I didn't know who she was. So I had no clue. It was on a, I was doing a warm-up on a show that she was on. That's right. what it was. And she, we came around a corner at the same time and banged into each other. And uh, there was, um, it, it sounds dreadfully gauche, really, and kind of creepy, I suppose, really. But I honestly, like, lost my breath. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, she was yeah. just, like, a, a radiant perfection. Yeah. It was not just how she looked. There was something, like, in the air around her that you could just feel, like, that, I can't believe that that that's a thing. <laughs> you know, it really was. Yeah, no, it was. You know, when you, they talk about X Factor in terms of how what it used to mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was just there. Yeah. Some people just have that yeah. magnetism about them. You know, there's uh, and it kind of it wasn't it wasn't a creepy like four. It wasn't that. Yeah. It was like that's a like a star or something. Yeah. That's the, yeah. It was yeah, so. Uh, I would imagine that Rihanna walks around going, do that, and people go, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buy my album. Okay, I've not heard it, but thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We could bottle that. We'd all, be, we'd all be set, wouldn't we? Exactly, but you can't, can you not? I no. <laughs> can't bottle no. it. No. <laughs> it's annoying, isn't it? No. Maybe we should kidnap Rihanna. Maybe. We could, like, I was going to say we could milk her, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> like, I am so glad you said that and not me. <laughs> I'd be panicking about it for weeks. <laughs> I mean, I think it's unlikely Rihanna's uh, Rihanna and me are going to cross, cross paths. paths. Yeah, but you know. Well, it was unlikely that I would. 
It's quite by chance. Well, it was a coincidence. It just happened to be on the same show that day. That's what it was. Maybe this is where I get starstruck. I've just got to, like, I'll just try and milk people, <laughs> celebrities, or see them, meet them in person. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know how to do it. No, that's a good thing. Yeah. Do you think that's, <laughs> that's what's awful about it. When you actually get them where you want them, you go, I don't even know how to do this. <laughs> So now there's going to be an awkward five minutes where I try and find your teeth. <laughs> Googling it. How do you? Yeah. 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 Do you want to give us? Yeah. Give us the screening dates, please. Oh, yeah. I got them. I, I, so I know them. Have them there. That's fine. Um, so Everyman's King's Cross, 7th September, uh, Waterside Sale, 14th, Chorley Little Theatre, 15th. I should have put hang on because I'm just going <laughs> to. Old gentleman. <laughs> put my glasses on. Nottingham Savoy, 16th September, Stockton on Tees Arc, 17th September, Leeds, Carriage Works, 19th, Glasgow, Everyman, 21st, Bristol, Everyman, 27th. And there's a, I think this, I mean, I hope this will be sold out by now, because I look today, it's pretty much finished in terms of being sold out. The Birmingham Max at the Midlands Arts mm-hmm. Centre, uh, there's a Halloween screening um, of the movie with, uh, with a lot of deleted footage and some stuff, that, and this is stuff that I'm some of which, most of which, in fact, hasn't been on Patreon. The problem with my Patreon is, even though I show a lot of deleted scenes on there, I am still limited by not spoiling it. Yeah. So there's a lot of footage that I can't spoil. But if I'm in front of an audience who just watched the film, I can show them anything. Yeah. 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 So we decided to do that. We'll show those deleted scenes on the big screen. There's going to be like a filmmakers kind of Q and A, and we're going to talk about the actual logistics of making the film. Yeah. What went on? I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be a laugh. Simon's coming down doing it too. So I think it'll be. Rather than people saying for their questions, are ghosts real or not? I would, you know, we sort of like kind of want to direct it more towards, yeah, yeah. as we discussed today, how did that yeah. come about? What, yeah. How did you do that? What was the process like and all that sort of business? But it's quite nice to do that on Halloween, I think. I think yeah, it's really nice yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The VOD for the movie itself, I'm sorry to interrupt you, the VOD for the movie itself is the 27th of September in the UK, and I believe it's November in the US. And we are we are working on trying to find deal distribution deals for different areas. Kind of difficult. You realise how big the world is when you do this. But but yeah, North America and and the UK are at the moment touch wood completely sorted. Don't know why I'm touching wood. Doesn't do anything. No, it doesn't. It shows you how integrated it is in your your mind. Um, I just quickly just quickly on your Patreon as well. Like it like your only. Your Patreon is brilliant because you you obviously you put content every day and it's like I know for the yeah. amount of work you do, also running a Patreon that has content on it every day that's also yeah. appreciated. Thank you for saying that. I do. I genuinely appreciate that. Thank you. Because you can have a Patreon and put stuff out every other day, once a week, and yeah. people would still pay. Yeah, yeah. But you 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 put content on that every day, and I think that's worth mentioning that that is not an easy feat to have something to go every day thank yeah. you for saying that yeah so sometimes you know you feel from this side like if only they knew <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what i was going through to do this and also i think i mean i don't know if you agree or not but i i think that i don't do filler stuff either you know there's right. not, I, I don't yeah. think i like oh, i'll just put that on it's uh or something i found on my phone from years yeah. ago i'll still write something about it and yeah try and frame it and try and do something a bit different so thank you i, I genuinely appreciate saying that thank you very much well i, I went through because I, d- I did a bit of research because i was obviously found the parapod quite late only sort of like a couple two or three years yeah. ago yeah sort of hit the the parapod tag on patreon yeah. 
I was like scrolling through and I was like, oh, I must be near the end of it now. I must yeah. be near the beginning. I keep going, yeah. I keep going, I keep going. And I was, I was just finding like random stuff from years ago. And I was like, okay, well, I have no idea how back, far back this is, but we'll, we'll, we'll start here because I don't think I'm going to get to the end of it easily. So yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's, 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 yeah. I, I, I do think at some point I should perhaps try and, I mean, I've already written more or less all of the making of the Parapod book. Mm. You know, I, I, as, as in the the actual film, mm-hmm. but I, I think there's probably stuff in there that's libelous and slanderous. Yeah. So <laughs> I have to go back and look at it again. But uh, you know, in, in a sense, that I would consider my patron to be my research for that yeah. if I wish to do that. But I also think there's potentially one day, possibly posthumously, but that you know, all that stuff could be collated yeah. and made sense of put into a volume of a book or put into like a year one kind of thing or year two with all the different things obviously the podcast can't go in there's a lot of podcasts on there but um but yeah I would like to look back and kind of I don't know I sometimes I I sometimes panic myself when I see how much like I'm writing a book on there yeah like I write a chapter every Thursday that very few people are interested in (laughs) oh I love it I need to um I I tend to are you reading it I am I'm only up to about chapter eight so when I saw it was starting I thought oh I'll leave it because I know what I'm like I'll get stuck into it and then I'm not very good remembering what happens it's obviously the binge that got me yeah so I'm I'm quite behind but what I've read um I'm loving I'm really enjoying it it's like it is like sitting down with a like in a just with a friend and just listening to them chat and it's yeah it's really great can't wait to see where it goes God, I mean, if you're at chapter eight, it, I, I finished chapter 38 last yeah, night. Yeah, I've, I've got some, I've got some it, captain it's, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to have a minute after writing it. I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> it had all gone like, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I'm really, I'm dead proud of it, but no one's really, really but I get that. Because it is like, you're asking someone to read a chapter a week. They've all got a cliffhanger on them. And, you know, we're now conditioned to binge yeah, things. We are, yeah, so we we're are. now conditioned to and I do it on Disney Plus. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do that where I didn't watch, I've not watched any of Loki yet, but I didn't watch it every week. Mm. I, I waited till I heard, oh, five episodes, season finale. I was like, right, now I can watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, which I'm a bit cross with myself about really to, to have bought into that. But it's, it's kind of weird, at. isn't it? Because I, I find that I just get, I don't know how much. I watch and how much I take on board I find that I'm just watching it and watching it and watching it and then I'll finish yeah. it and I'm like oh I'll need to watch that again it's almost like I get caught up in actually wanting to complete it rather yeah, than actually watching it, it taking it in and thinking like oh that was a great shot or that was a bit great bit of dialogue or that was really well acted so yeah it's it's a weird the binge thing is a weird it's a weird culture it is a weird culture but do you remember do you mind me asking how, how old you are uh, like what's up? I'm 42 I'm um, 39. Okay. So were you would you have been a would you have been about when the first Star Wars film Yeah, you would have been, wouldn't you? When, I, when Star no, it came out I was 79, so it was and 2 was, years before. And I was 80. Okay. So I was yeah, I was yeah, year before Jedi, I think I was. You frozen. No, you stopped again. That's the Americans that are coming in and saying we need our Oh, oh. your internet connection is unstable. It's not the only I can thing. see you. Oh, well, that's okay. Uh, oh, you're, we're back. Yeah, yeah, we're back. We're back. Yeah, yeah. I was actually saying this will be Disney that's blocking us. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the olden days of I was Star Wars. Th- yeah, I was thinking it would be it would be the Americans that are just kind of like, yeah, he's had enough time now. He needs to get back to work and get our yeah, stuff sorted for us. <laughs> uh, I was born seventy three. Yeah. So 
I was kind of peak age for Star Wars yeah. when it came out. I was going to send seven. And between Star Wars, as it was called then, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, it was three years between each film. Yeah. And Empire Strikes Back ended on a cliffhanger, as we know. Yeah. And I remember those three years between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi as being the most like creatively inspiring years in terms of theorizing and just yeah it's all we spoke about for three years yeah. does he know is he his dad really you know what's going to happen with Han Solo do you think he's going to die do you think he's not going to survive that you know what and people would be like no he's definitely not his dad he definitely is his dad yeah. and then many years later I saw Lucas get interviewed about it and he said he'd spoke to child psychologists about it and said what you know what is the is this dangerous to, mm. to do this or this damaged kids and the psychologist apparently said no because the kids that can handle it will handle it yeah and the kids that can't handle it will just deny it they'll right. just say okay no he's not his dad he's not so i i, I lived through that playing out yeah. and was part of it and i can't for the life remember remember what my what i thought mm -hmm. if he was or wasn't um but I remember that being an amazing three years of mm. Star Wars figures and playing out the scenarios that we thought it might be. Yeah. And seeing, you know, playing Han Solo dying one day, playing Han Solo not dying, playing Darth Vader being his dad and not being his dad, all them sort of things. Mm. Um, and that that now is just lost. That's yeah. gone. People are, well, I, I see it on Twitter. If we put a tweet out about the movie... I don't get back, brilliant, really looking forward to it. Like, universally, I get back, well, when's it coming here? Or when will it be on VOD? Yeah. When will I see this here? When When is it going to be released as a hard copy? When, you know, there's no... There's no anticipation. It's like people don't anticipate anymore because I guess... Do you want it? Yeah. But as a society, yeah. that's what we're told, isn't it? We're told we can, can have, have it, it now. now. We don't have to wait for anything. Mm. You can, you know, get your payday loans and your credit yeah. cards and just yeah. have yeah. it all. Well, and there's all now, no now, now. earning anything. But it means we'll never be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is an element of that. And I think that's why lockdown was kind of good because I yeah. think I think it, well, for, for us, it certainly showed us what we needed. Mm, yeah, and definitely. that we're really like, oh, it sounds really cheesy, but we're really lucky with what we've got. Yeah. And then we got a dog and that yeah. just all fucking hell broke loose. Yeah, it changed everything. Just ruined it. Yeah. Just ruined it all. <laughs> it, made it, better. it made it better, it made but it we better. had no we had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh um, just remember we've got a dog. Yeah. Um like <laughs> I, I, I just we've oh, left him down. It <laughs> no, I don't it. No, I mean I was no. like, oh we just left him with some treats. Okay. So whilst we're away. talking Star Wars, it'd be I'd I'd yeah. love to get your take on the prequels 20 years removed. Yeah, and then the sequels, obviously not so far removed, and like so, I rewatched the prequels fairly recently. Okay, and like in in my heart, they've actually aged quite well. Like they actually, I think they've aged okay. quite well. And what I like about them is that, in spite of the faults, they are very much Lucas's story still, whereas the new ones mm. aren't. No, Star Wars fans, we are all divided, and we all have opinions on the prequels and the, and the sequels. What's your take yeah. on them i don't recall ever slagging off the prequels i don't think i did i, I think do you know what i was lucky enough to go to the premiere of attack of the clones it, that wasn't the premiere it was, it was the first ever screening of it ever anywhere wow. ever and it was because i was working at bbc london at the time on the radio and i just blagged these tickets to go to this it was like i think it was like eight in the morning i think it was 
And I was sat behind Jonathan Ross, who was reviewing it and things. And I watched it, tremendously excited about it. Watched it, felt a bit like, hmm, there were some bits I like. I didn't like the jokes. I never really liked the jokes in Star Wars. So there was stuff like when C-3PO said, oh, I'm beside myself. And, oh, this is such a drag. Yeah. I remember those two bits of going, no, don't yeah. do that. Um, and then when we left the cinema, there were like journalists outside, obviously trying to get immediate mm. response. So they go, what did you think? What did you think? And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to talk to them because I did because I didn't want to go. Well, there was this rubbish bit in it with it. You know, I didn't want to do. But that's how I felt yeah. leaving it. So I just didn't do it. I didn't want to slag it off publicly. And I think the only Star Wars film that I've ever kind of vaguely put the boot in on, and even that I think was very measured. It was on Patreon. Was the oh no, <laughs> we, lost you we lost you. You literally just went, Was the... that and then froze? <laughs> and we were like, What? What? Well, I'm never gonna tell you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think it was the first Star Wars film that I felt like I couldn't make friends with. And what was it? The Last Jedi. Okay, okay, right, yeah. So I, I still, I, I would still consider it the poorest Star Wars film ever made. But okay. I don't think it's be, you know beyond any redemption. I don't think that. I don't think it's dreadful. Yeah. You know, I can see the work that's gone in the thought. I just think it just, it, it missed the mood. But I think it had intentionally missed the mood. You know, I think it did it on purpose. So that's fine if that's what they want to do. But I just think, no, do that with Rogue One or do that with Solo or whatever. Don't do mm. that with... yeah canon episode it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's an odd yeah. thing to do to make an episode of something as part of a whole of nine and go I'm doing it completely different to all the rest of them and it's like well, it won't fit yeah. it just won't fit in it'll be yeah. you know it'll just be tonally completely incorrect and that's, that's how I felt yeah. about it a bit but I think I was quite measured and I think I think I was saying look I'm not a one of them fanboys who's just like well they should remake it well, they should shoot Ryan Johnson and all that. Not like that at all. I don't think it's not ruined my childhood at all. Yeah. I just wasn't fussed about that film. And, you know, and I wasn't fussed first time I watched Rise of Skywalker. And then I watched right. it again in IMAX in 3D and loved it. <laughs> like, I really loved it. So I think I fall somewhere in the middle with that now. So I cut Disney quite a lot of slack, really. Not the, the only thing I, I don't agree with them on is the Muppets. I, I, I've never agreed with Disney on how they've done the Muppets. But I think in terms of Star Wars, they've they're not doing it half arsed, are they? You know, they're not. No, no, they're not they're cashing no. in on it. It's they're really working hard on it. Like the the Mandalorian and, and all the, the oh, yeah, it was incredible. what a show! Yeah, all all those things. Rogue One though, like Rogue One's might be the best Star Wars film. You know, like it, it, it might be. Yeah, it might. Be. It's always Empire Strikes Back to me. But yeah, pragmatically, as we talked about before, it it might be that you know, there's yeah. there's something exceptional about about Rogue One. Can't remember. I've only seen that once. I was yeah. I wasn't a fan of it um, the first time I watched it. But we probably, but lots of people weren't a fan of the new ones, were they? Some people came out of the cinema and just started shouting. Yeah. I didn't, I, yeah. <laughs> Didn't they? Yeah. And then watched it again and suddenly we backtracked. Yeah, sometimes you've got to see things more than once. Yeah. You know, because I really like Solo. I think Solo is a great film. I think it okay. hit, hit, really hit the nostalgia bit for me. It really mm. felt right. 
it felt quite nostalgic and it felt quite accurate with regards to Han Solo. But that's why I loved Rogue One. Because Rogue One, the reason it's a feat is because it fits into that story. It there is no plot hole because of Rogue One. Yes. So so it it tells a standalone story. Again, let's say about Empire hits all the right beats, all the right climatic moments. It has an awful, heart-wrenching end, ending to it, really. Yeah. So it does everything right. And it's it's like a saw film, you know, it, it retrospectively fits itself into it and there is no you can't, you can't go yeah but we're over one there's no yeah but it, yeah. it's really impressive to yeah, do that yeah, that's fair uh, mm. so yeah some so I, i'd put rogue one over solo i know again rocky horror again which they know they did they rebooted that essentially for mtv or whatever it was but uh it's like frankenfurter is nailed you know, Tim Curry's nailed that. Yeah. You can't put anyone else in that role. So Harrison Ford has nailed it. Yeah. 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 No, that's fair. But I do think with the prequels, I agree with what you're saying there, that that is George Lucas's story. Yeah. And he can tell whatever story he likes. He wants, his. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's honestly yeah. His, his, his version of what he wants. Yeah. No, can't he can't be wrong. be wrong. And I think... I think we lost sight of that with those yeah, films. Yeah, don't matter if you don't like him. No, <laughs> he invented it. No. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I, like, that's exactly. Where, and that's where I'm at. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Right. Mate, thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, oh, you're frozen now. Oh, you keep freezing, just as we're going to gush. Just going to gush. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. I, I think part of just I wanted to say about Patreon. I think, like for me. I've, I mean, I'm quite a sensitive soul anyway, but I, it's almost like because we've seen so much of the movie making process through Patreon and so many of the posts and stuff, mm. it's really kind of felt personal yeah. to me. Like it's kind of all the knocks and the setbacks yeah. and the, yeah. this isn't happening and that's not happening. It's, it's just felt heartbreaking to watch yeah. in some yeah. respects. Yeah. So we're like a thousand percent behind yeah. and we just yeah. yeah we just really can't wait for it to get out there and for people to yeah. see it so thank you so much i do that, yeah, yeah. appreciate it particularly appreciate it today to be honest but thank you thank you, oh, thank you. Thank you well so yeah much. yeah it's been amazing and we will we'll let you go yeah. but thank you thank so you much, so much. Thank you.